we used to have a spiel, but I think what it is is we just talk to each other about a monster. Yeah, we talk. We have talks that are loosely framed around a specific monster. Yeah, yeah. It's like TED talks, but yeah. monsters. Yeah. This week we're doing the centaur. Yeah. We're doing the centaur, the classic man horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, according to the fifth edition monster manual, reclusive wanderers, omen readers of the wild. They keep far from borders, laws, and the company of other creatures. So they are shy horse people. Yeah. And they omen read, which like means that they're good at nature. They have a high nature skill. Yeah. That's what that means. That's what that means? Well, omen readers of yeah. the wild. That just means okay. they can like look at uh, the shadow of a rock and tell you if it's going to rain tomorrow. That kind of oh, thing. Oh, cool. I, I think. Yeah. No, I was coming at it from like a more like a... If there's a prophecy going on mm-hmm. somewhere, like the centaurs are going to know when it's when it's moving. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're like, oh, well, we think somebody's the chosen one, but we don't know. We don't know. It's like, well, we've got to go f- talk to the centaurs because they're the only ones that know how to like look at the things that are normally happening in the world and figure out if the prophecy is happening. That's but, cool. Yeah, that gives you a reason to go talk to them. Yeah, that's not in the rest of the text, but you no. could definitely interpret that one line to mean that yeah i'm just i'm just reading into the word omen that's good that's what we're here to do man we're here to make this shit up for them yeah they are also wilderness nomads which means they range across mild to hot climates they barely use shelter they don't use tents and they only wear light furs or oiled skins oh yeah they have migrations so they exist in tribes or herds, I don't know, maybe one of those is offensive to them, and they, they span continents, their migrations, and possibly generations, so they wait, uh, they will do a big loop, and like it'll be uh, your grandkids who will circle back and make it to where you're going now. Yeah. But you'll still go in this big continuous loop. You're just born on the path, and you yeah. just continue on the path until and you die. And then this leads to conflict when a tribe travels their traditional route and comes across a settlement or something, or a new trading post. Or like a new uh, oil pipeline or something that's been built yeah. on their traditional migration route. Yeah, and then, condos. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Circle K. This used to be a Max Mill. <laughs> they. Uh, so this is like the the text telling you like a typical uh, encounter might be a way to insert them or just have it as like a random encounter on the road is like. Uh, a settlement where centaurs are coming through and are like, well, we got to trample this place because this used to be our traditional migration route and the yeah. settlement being like, but we live here too. And then you have to uh, do things or exploit the situation to your advantage, however yeah. you want to handle it. They are reluctant settlers, which means that uh, the ones that can't keep up are abandoned. So they just keep walking and then if you can't keep up, they they keep going, and you have to figure something else out. So the ones that are abandoned, either they're injured or they're too old, or nobody likes them, they wander around, or you hurt your knee, you stubbed your toe for too long, and you, the, your family leaves you. Yeah. Uh, you have to go somewhere else, and sometimes you hook up with other species, and you hang out in other people's villages as like the cool, old, wise centaur. And sometimes you give your wisdom to them and they're really thankful that you did that you're you're there. But you were always as a centaur, I'm sure you're probably always like, God damn it, I don't want to be around these 
two-legged. Yeah. Normal people just must look like half people to you. Yeah. It's got to be. It, gotta, it's gotta, it gives them a unique perspective. Yeah. On like most other creatures. Yeah. Right? They must just seem like munchkins to you or something. Also, I imagine like horses seem pretty weird to them too because their bodies just stop and become head at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Like What's the, the equivalent yeah. of that? Imagine another human being who instead of an upper torso has like a really pointy head. Yeah. It's just, just like legs a... legs on a pointy head. Yeah. It, and it, you have to treat them with respect because they build things and they have kingdoms. But it's just these pair of legs with like a head that comes up a little bit above the hips. Awful. Yeah. They trade with elves and other benevolent humanoids. There is a standard story involving someone recurring, uh, sorry, someone rescuing an injured or elderly centaur and helping it live out its days back in that person's home. Because they, although they are reclusive, they do have contact with people. The the old uh, AD and D monster manual has like a list of descending order of fraternity that they will associate with. Like they like these people a little bit. They're neutral <laughs> on these people. They like hobbits less than they like gnomes, less than they like elves, mm-hmm. less than they like wood elves, which I guess is important. Uh, in a band of different kinds of characters to see yeah. who the centaurs are going to react better to based on their racism. Yeah, I could see like, the centaur looking down the list is like, uh, I mean, I could help you guys out, but you're just like fourth tier sentience. Yeah, you so... have too many gnomes, not enough wood elves. Yeah, if you could get like six more wood elves, it would bump you up a category. But So depending on how much <laughs> you want to get into racism in your yeah. fantasy world, uh, which is often encouraged then centaurs are good ones to actually have a distinct hierarchy with which to react to players with. They also There's also a weird thing about um, female centaurs. So in the AD&D manual, male centaurs make up the kind of war bands you're going to see walking around. The, mm-hmm. the centaurs on patrol, if you go back to their glen or centaur house wherever they live uh the females outnumber the males by fully twice their number right and then like a bunch more children and it don't it doesn't say why there are twice as many female centaurs as males probably because the males are out fighting things all the time right or just uh living a harder life out there and uh interesting little piece of information that isn't commented on is that if you take female centaurs or children mm. centaurs and you attempt to ransom them to the males there's a 90 percent chance that they will just totally do it <laughs> they'll just give you a bunch of treasure because right. they have they have fine treasures because they are like noble forest folk who have right. access to nice things they'll give it to you because they'll ransom their their women and children back and there's no comment on that. It's just like it's just what centaurs know, if you do. Wanted to do this. There's a ninety percent chance it'll work, which uh, makes me question like the point of view of the, the the bestiary writer. Yeah, who's like, are you? Who are you writing this for? 
Are you writing this for like other uh, heartless mercenary groups yeah. to like take advantage of the beasts in your book? And like when, like how often do you have to do the mental calculus of like, yeah, I could rant, I could kidnap these people, but like, what is the percentage likelihood? Well, yeah, that's the. <laughs> It it reads to me like someone this happened in a game. Yeah. And it is now canon that like the, the ruling he made up at the table was that I guess there's a probably a ninety percent chance and then the story went down from there and then that entered the book because that was an important thing to know at the time. Mm-hmm. So I think uh the emergent information, the emergent like nature of the reality uh was clear there i think that happened in a game yeah it's it's fun it's funny like i wonder how many um uh like published canon sort of features and traits of some of these monsters were just like second thought like little things that happen in a game totally and then just become yeah like improvised yeah. little things that like weren't given too much of a thought but then they 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 gradually kind of calcified and become like the yeah. way we all think about i these think creatures. definitely most of them weren't uh, play tested very much. Yeah. Like everything in fifth edition is pretty much balanced against something. Yeah. Less so than fourth edition, which was like, everything has to be completely balanced mm-hmm. in terms of like down to the numbers. This less so, but still like there are people whose job it is to like run centaur encounters and make sure that it is, uh, it feels like a second level, a ch- uh, challenge rating two. And make sure that all works out, and make sure they're uh, they're not gonna wipe a party that's not calculated to be their equal. Also, if they ransom their children, there's a ninety percent chance <laughs> they've removed that idea from this because yeah. they uh, don't expect you to do that. Maybe I don't know, but keep that in mind because well, the uh, centaurs caught on to. <laughs> The way other people were, you know, like dealing with that, the word got out, uh-huh. and so they 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 just decided they were they, they weren't going to negotiate <laughs> anymore because they were being taken advantage of. Negotiate with terrorists. Yeah, they would. They might lose a couple like kids in the process, but like all in all, prevent that. You just have a few yeah. decoy kids. Yeah, they just have a couple regular horses. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, uh, like? Parties of three to six adventurers are such a problem coming in, stealing people and ransoming them that they've developed like behavioral defenses against it. Like keep your children scattered. Like they don't congregate in like one large area anymore. They, they spread them out more. Yeah. Like the, like maybe the, the, the main sort of predators or like threats to the centaur way of life are, like sociopathic people in armor and like uh, really unpredictable wizards yeah, <laughs> that just pickpocket everybody for no good reason. And uh, you know, every kind of like chaotic damage causing character that you can think of like that's, those are the primary threat to the way their way of life. Yeah. And yeah. that would, that would, that's even a, I feel that's an appropriate development given that AD and D is from like the seventies and we're now, this is 2018. Yeah. Centaurs aren't falling for it anymore. Yeah. So you can update their tactics to deal with like 40, 50 years worth of player character, uh, like code of conduct becoming a thing. So that's the AD&D. 
We also have a weird uh, point of view thing happening on the page here at the top next to the image of the centaur. There's a little like note. Oh, yeah. One of the notes that are peppered throughout the book. And it says, quote, I hear centaurs make excellent mounts. End quote. Attributed to Batley Summerfoot, a halfling adventurer who never read Hooves of Fury by Ervil Greyborn of Sundown. <laughs> but who wrote this note? Yeah, and like who... It's a sassy note. It's a it's a pretty sassy note, yeah. It's a little bit of a mouthful with all the like generic fantasy names. Summerfoot, Ervil Greyborn of Sundown. Yeah. Also, like, I can fill in the gaps about, like, what Hooves of Fury is. Sure, yeah. But it really assumes that, like, oh, man, if you read Hooves of Fury, you wouldn't, you would not try to ride a centaur. You would never say that. Like, have you read Hooves of Fury, Can you believe this idiot, Batley Summerfoot? Yeah. Guy never read Hooves of Fury. (laughs) Yeah. Looks like somebody didn't read Harry Potter. Yeah, which makes me, I want to believe that that's the entire, like, that is the conflict in the story of Hooves of Fury, is people trying to ride centaurs, and it just not, it not going well, you know? <laughs> like, maybe they're, they're, they're knights, there are some knights somewhere that tried to ride all the centaurs, you know, and then eventually and they captured a bunch of the centaurs and tried to turn them into mounts, but the centaurs, um... I don't know. <laughs> didn't, didn't like it. Yeah, they didn't like it. They didn't like it, and they revolted. They said no. Yeah, and then they took the knights that were riding them hostage and ran off somewhere. I don't know, something like that. There's a lot of... It could be anything. Hooves of Fury. But, like, it just boils down to, like, they didn't like have it being ridden. ridden. Yeah. But what could... What could... Like, it has to be a famous enough passage in a book mm-hmm. to be, like... This whoever's writing this note makes reference to this with like a wink and a nod. Yeah, as if you have read Hooves of Fury. Yeah, it's it's like a, it's like a oh hey look at this look at this uh, wooden horse. I better open it up. Yeah, <laughs> or I better not check what's inside. <laughs> it's like hey man, you never read the so like it it's got to be like a similarly iconic scene in this fictional yeah. book within a note. Hooves of Fury. The old story of uh, uh, Baton. Uh, Light hands, yeah. Who tried to ride a centaur and then uh, his whole family got killed. Yeah. Also, but like when you're on the centaur, it's it's whole like human no humanoid torso would be in front of you. You wouldn't have very good visibility. No, it's like riding on the back of a motorcycle. Though. Yeah, you just like hug the torso. I guess so. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I'm sure it happens. I mean, this, this image in in the monster manual. Uh, he's wearing some kind of bridle and it extends back over to his hindquarters. And like, I look at that and I'm like, I could, that looks like a saddle. I'm it pretty does sure look I a could. bit like a saddle. Pretty sure I could do it. Yeah. What do you think about this guy? What do you think about this image? It's not bad. It's not bad. He looks like a tough guy, you know? He's definitely a tough guy. Yeah. He's I like little... that his, his hair is reminiscent of like a, like a horse's mane, you know? He's got that floppy oh, yeah, mohawk totally. thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was going more. He looks like a. It looks kind of like a cool millennial, uh, shaved side of head type yeah. of deal going on. Yeah. But you're totally right. It's definitely more of a horse. It's probably both. It's really. probably both. Yeah. But it's a great, uh, very clever. To to make the horse's mane of hair also make it look like uh, like an emo, not an emo. That's that's not the right era. Yeah. 
I've had that haircut though. You had yeah. this one in the book? Pretty much. Seriously. Yeah, briefly. Damn. Briefly. Was it that long? It was pretty long. It maybe wasn't that long. Right. Yeah. But you know. I had some weird hair too. Yeah. I had like puffer fish hair. Nice. Big spikes everywhere. Yeah. That's I like not represented in this book. I don't no, think. yeah, we need more. Yeah, well, but there was the uh, who is it? Was it the bugbear? Who there was someone who was looking real, looking oh, real. Oh, that new had metal. like the like Wolverine hair with the big right. points at the side. Yeah. I think, anyways, it was his tats. So, yeah. What I like about this centaur is how, like his um, unlike the human part of it, like the 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 coloration, like the his skin tone kind of matches the horse part of it, and it, it looks more like he's one creature. Yeah. Like it makes. It doesn't just like stop and become human. Yeah, like the Greek like depictions thing. are just like horse and then human body. Yeah. And it looks pretty jarring, which it is. Yeah. <laughs> half human, half horse. But this does look like they've considered it being an actual species and not just like a semi divine yeah. race. Yeah. So that's cool. It also has some uh, like tattoos reminiscent of like Celtic woad things going on yeah. some tribal tattoos going on but not as it's not like a static x yeah type of thing like it's a little more swishy a little more nuanced so uh it doesn't look too new metal because he's in, definitely in danger of being very new metal with the yeah. haircut and the tattoos totally but i think it works i think it works too i'm into it yeah um he's got he's got like a spear glaive looking thing mm-hmm. um and a sword the stat block says that they have pikes. Yeah. Sure. Which, fine. Yeah. I think pikes, the funny thing about pikes, uh, they're usually used to defend against horsemen. Yeah. Like charging cavalry. Mm-hmm. Which I guess they need if they're fighting. It doesn't say it in, the, in this, but lots of other uh, folklore and other depictions of centaur, they're always fighting other tribes of centaur. Yeah. So pikes kind of make sense. But to use a pike properly, if I'm not mistaken, which I usually am though, but I think you actually have to like brace it against the ground and point it on a diagonal up so that it, it's like supported in the ground. So when yeah. a horse comes, you don't just, it doesn't just fly out of your hand. Yeah. Yeah. So and maybe then, they have like an extra long pike that they put into the ground to yeah. brace against a charge. But if they're all doing that, they don't charge. Yeah. Right. Also, like pikes are like specifically pikes um, are, uh, like they're anti there's they're totally anti-cavalry and the whole thing is you want like this like giant block of like a a couple layers deep of these super long spears pointing out braced against something and it's just like a deterrent because horses don't willingly charge yeah, you're into not gonna, they're things. not going to do it yeah if they're dumb enough to do it they usually get mm. piked so it's like a stationary area denial thing is what right you know it's not like an aggressive thing and so i think i think they should have given them lances because that's a mounted big spear that you use on horseback to like knock people like beat at up other speed. people at high yeah, speed and you duel with it and you can like bump into like walking people with it or you can like seriously wound or <laughs> you can see you're seriously wounding people no matter what when you're running into them with a you with, a, with a lance with a lance it's still yeah gonna be a bad yeah time. i don't know why it was why i was phrasing it that way but like a lance would have made more sense i definitely think, for the way these and guys it, are yeah using you it. could easily give them a lance and make yeah. it like even uh their special ability charge if they move at least 30 feet straight at a target then they get extra damage yeah and i think if you use a lance you should do even more yeah and uh, there's a lance in the uh player's handbook already yeah that's all set it does just that. throw it in yeah. there it should give you 
options for that. They should. I think they should even print the monster manual with a chart of all the weapons on it. So you can yeah. just take a monster and then just look at a different weapon and, and give it a different weapon. Yeah. Um, but the pike, if you think of them as actually using pikes and using them properly, yeah. and they're doing the area of denial thing, imagine what centaur combat actually looks like. Oh, yeah. I'm like forming tightly compact units doing like the phalanx thing yeah hopolite thing or whatever i'm I'm mixing my uh antiquity warfare units but like if they're doing the same sort of thing then centaur war is actually very slow and it's more about they probably like slowly come at each other and they have the pikes to deny other centaurs doing the fast charge thing which is really devastating but like a centaur armed with a pike will deter that so they actually kind of grind against each other in the way that like ancient greeks yeah and other ancient peoples fought of just like shield walls yeah and there was a lot of well in like there would be a lot of and you in in there is this in like in 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 ancient history and medieval history with where you would have like two units usually with spears and they kind of stand off and then one would try to chase the other one off, and then they would hold the ground. The other one would chase right. the would other like one go off. Back and, and forth. You kind of go back and forth until someone decides to actually run away because they realize they're not getting paid enough <laughs> to fight these people. <laughs> really? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then a... when you run away, though, that's when they get run down and yeah, slaughtered on the way out. And that's, that's how most medieval and ancient battles went. <laughs> that's how almost all of them went. Um, was you, you, you stand your ground until you get fed up with it, and then you run away, and then you die running away. Which is, um, I think, how the Romans succeeded so much because they yeah. had, they they really pounded the discipline into them to not run away. Yeah. Plus, if you were a Roman soldier for long enough, you got to get a you, you were promised you were a house well. and some stuff. Yeah, you totally. Well. You got a pension, got well. I think. Yeah. Um. So centaurs. Um. Would. Yeah, I, I would see, like. I think you're right in like the way the battles between centaurs would go. It's sort of this weird hybrid of like cavalry fights versus like. Yeah, you might Skirmish have some like and... individual centaurs, like the the bravest ones or the youngest yeah. ones or the most capable, like kind of orbiting the outside with yeah. lances, dueling each other. Maybe kind of in the way that, uh, like in World War One, all the the peons, all the lesser people, yeah. lower class people, were fighting in the trenches, and you still had like the nobility, the gentlemen fighting in the airplanes above, yeah, for like kind of no reason, kind of for like where they're like. Uh, reconnaissance and you like they because they they didn't have the technology yet to really do much damage to the ground from the air they did drop a few bombs that it was nothing that they could really swing the war but they were mostly dueling each other for the privilege of like reconnaissance yeah and when the red baron was like racking up as many kills as he could because that was good for morale for the german troops yeah and so then everybody else wanted to like take him out because it was making the germans feel like badasses you know so that was the it was this weird like psychological effect of like seeing these planes yeah it out they in the were the sky. heroes they were like the ones you looked up to into the sky fighting yeah. like the more superheroic yeah uh battles and maybe the centaurs you have like the main units grinding against each other's shield walls or yeah. like chasing each other and then you have the like heroes like lancing each other yeah. doing like high-speed duels on the other side or maybe you just maybe everyone comes to the fight with pikes yeah and then only a couple of them actually duel with with lances because also in like less so when people are trying to land grab and uh, have like military versus military yeah. and most like tribal warfare you'd have people show up with swords and spears 
um, do the back and forth running at each other. And then it would come down to like one-on-one combat. They would yeah. agree on champions or they'd throw spears at each other until like one person got hit with a spear. And then yeah. the, the game was over. Yeah. Mom is home and you have to, like, yeah. Yeah. Every, like the losers retreat and the winners win, but like only one person dies or a few people die or even get hurt. Yeah. So maybe it's the same with centaurs. I don't know, but imagine, uh, the shield walls of centaurs and the leg power you can get out of, uh, out of a horse. Yeah. And the reach you would have. So I imagine centaurs, if you could train them and actually incorporate them to an army, having them fight human beings in like a shield wall would be devastating. Yeah. Cause they would have like willpower that just like a, the, even the best trained horse wouldn't have. Right. Yeah. And like problem solving things that you wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Mm. And just the power, like I've seen, I think it's a uh, last kingdom. They do a lot of uh, shield wall. Yeah. I think Vikings does too. A lot of shield yeah. wall battle scenes. Yeah. And it's a lot of like pushing and shoving and so just like getting a horse to do it yeah it's gonna it's gonna win uh 10 out of 10 times totally so yeah and i think it makes uh it's there's a conflict there though because the centaur in mythology uh they don't really use weapons yeah uh, except for chiron and a couple of the other there are other, well, so there's like the super, Chiron is like the best centaur of them all. Mm-hmm. He's wise and learned and he has mastery of all sorts of skills, but he's also athletic and competent physically and he knows how to do archery as well as he knows how to do medicine. Yeah. Um, and he teaches, he teaches pretty much every Greek hero. Uh, you can mention yeah. there's a there's a bit of him like hanging out with Chiron, uh, but the other centaurs don't use weapons because the whole deal with them is that they're sort of creatures of nature and wildness, and uh, they sort of represent uh, savagery. Whether it's used as like they have there's depictions of centaurs attending other deities and it's like a it means that like the natural world is in accordance with this deity and like everything is right where in its proper place and like nature is is unified with this deity but then other times centaurs are like the flip side there they are like the savagery and evil of nature and mm-hmm. they're being uh stamped out by civilization and civilization uh rightfully wins over them uh when the centaurs fight, they're they're literally they're described as wielding trees <laughs> and rocks as yeah. their weapons. Yeah, and that's an image. Yeah, <laughs> whole trees. A man horse holding a tree, like yeah. not a, probably not like a like the way an ogre or a troll would hold a tree, like a big giant one, but probably like a, you know a sapling. I'll do some damage. Yeah, totally. A young, a, like a ten year old tree. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> or just like throwing a caber at you at like high speeds you know yeah, yeah. big ass crab apple coming at you <laughs> or just yeah like weird pieces of of like like rocks and dead wood and just like yeah. whatever just using nature against you uh throwing it at you hitting you with it um so consider those for your variations on uh how to use a centaur 
the stats are kind of middle of the road. Yeah. Nothing to write home about. So it's really the way to... They, they have the charge extra damage thing, and they have multi-attack, so they either hit you with the pike and then hoove. So they horse punch you. So they yeah. probably have... I like to imagine that they have like a horse kung fu. A horse martial art. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, maybe not like super developed, but at least uh, like, you know, they they think about it. They, they do it, so they probably practice. Probably mm-hmm. have some mm-hmm. form of like... Uh, wrestling or something oh, that they do yeah. when they're hanging out in camp. <laughs> or they do two longbow attacks. So really they're just kind of like frontline fighters. They're pretty, they're tough, but they're not tricky, mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah. So they're pretty straight up, but you don't want to, you don't want to cross them because they're just simply powerful things. Yeah. They're pretty strong. Um, so etymology, yeah. let's deal with that before yeah, I great. forget. It comes from the ancient Greek Kentaros, which was a member of a savage race of expert horsemen from Thessaly. Not yeah. much else is known about them other than All they're right. mentioned a few times, but like they don't really know who exactly they were. They just knew they were like in this area. And there's kind of the uh, the the origins, the mythological origins uh, kind of relate to this so I can get into that a little bit so there are a bunch of different versions but the most uh, prominent is that the centaurs were born from Ixion and Nephili so Ixion was king of the Lapiths a race of Greeks in the north and Thessaly was in the north so probably there's some relation there mm-hmm. Um, he was the son of one god or another. Uh, there's like a list that he might be a son of, depending on which story. This is the thing that I have. What what keeps me out of Greek myth the most is like the variations on the myth. I can't keep them straight, and I get frustrated that there's no one story. Yeah, which is kind of the strength of Greek Greek myth as well. But it also means that it's really difficult to read one story. You kind of have to read the variations yeah and then those variations link to other stories that also have variations so Mm -hmm. you really have to like read a lot to really start seeing the map in your mind of how the whole thing works out yeah yeah that's always been the kind of the block for me too it's there's so many moving parts yeah because there's a lot there's so many uh sources unlike say norse mythology where there are very few sources but the stories are more consistent uh, so it's the, the trade-off here, but this one, we're going to go ahead and say that this is the myth. Um, so Laphis, race of Greeks in the North, uh, he was the son, this Ixian guy. He was the son of one God or another. He was a shitty guy. He didn't pay his bride's father the bride price. You don't do that. Yeah. So in retaliation, the King secretly, but like an open secret. Yeah. In like the in the mafia way of things, <clears throat> yeah. where you don't outright do it, the king stole some of his horses in retaliation. Uh, he played it cool, right? Yeah, because you like you know who did it, but you can't openly say you know who did it because then that would lead to open conflict, and yeah. that's always bad. Um, but he later on invited him to a big party where Ixion pushed him into a bed of burning coals and wood. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I don't know more about that. That sounds amazing. I yeah. don't know the context of that. But he just pushed him yeah. into some coals. Yeah. So for breaking Xenia, which is the Greek uh, code of conduct for uh, 
receiving guests. So when you have guests, that's called like guest friend or friendship guest uh, yeah. rules, rituals, things you do. Um, big deal yeah. in the more ancient world. Yeah. For breaking these rules, um, no one, no holy man would give him rights. So he couldn't get catharsis. Oh, okay. Because he was a conflicted man for being a bad person. And yeah. He couldn't get forgiven yeah. for it. He couldn't have his like feelings expunged. The Greeks love catharsis. Yeah. Couldn't get it. This is the story of what happens when you can't get it. Oh. You just, you just spiral. Yeah. So uh, Zeus took pity on him and yeah. invited him to dinner one time. Yeah. And instead of being a grateful guest, he made passes at Hera. And, He's fucking up every time. Right? Yeah. Uh, Zeus didn't like that, so he he decided to fuck with him, with Ixion. And one, Ixion later on was sleeping in a meadow somewhere, and Zeus created a, a cloud that looked like Hera and made her naked and slept yeah. next to him. And Ixion woke up and was like, oh, sweet. And just like had sex with the cloud yeah. woman. Right. Uh, the cloud woman was actually a cloud nymph named uh, Nephili. And Zeus was like, aha, I knew you'd sleep with my hot wife if, she, if you woke up naked next to her and she was naked. How dare you? And shot him with a lightning bolt and then putting, put him on a spinning winged fiery wheel that flies around uh, heaven forever. Yeah. Till it was moved to Tartarus, which is like... Uh, Greek hell kind of and so his he just exists forever on a spinning wheel flying around um, with like fire yeah on it yeah <laughs> yeah so that's his fate uh, so that's the kind of like the spiraling madness of someone that doesn't get catharsis you just keep yeah. doing bad things and you just you mess up all your opportunities and you keep going and going because you hate yourself yeah and then Nephili who is important in a bunch of other stories, but as like an afterword uh, from this union gave birth to Centaurus, who was not a horseman, but just an ugly deformed child that no one liked. And <laughs> his only solace was living on the mountain on Mount Pelion, where he had sex with horses, giving birth to the Centaurus. <laughs> Which is, uh, I think, an interesting point in the creation of them because they are not, in this iteration, there are some where like Zeus creates them for some reason, but in this version, there's a step between the divine, there's, a, there's like a mostly human child who then actually has sex with real horses and gives birth mm. to the centaurs, which means that they're like a real flesh and blood. They're not like godly yeah. necessarily, even though they have godly descendants yeah but they're here they're here yeah which is kind of um probably has to do with the uh truer origins of the idea of a centaur which was like uh greece i think especially southern greece more mediterranean mm -hmm. uh more occupied with the water not so much horses um all the people in the steppes north and east of them yeah uh all up in those horses oh yeah so when you're first encountering people that are really good at riding horses uh they first of all look monstrous yeah the and this happened again later on in in the world when uh the spanish 
showed up at the Aztecs door and the Aztecs were like, horse people, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's probably it. That's probably yeah. it. And it's also probably why the centaur, or one of the reasons why centaurs are so, they have staying power in the way that a lot of other hybrid animals don't. Yeah. Because they were a very common thing. And there's like a centaur person, a centaur version that shows up in India. Yeah. Uh, there's one in, uh, there's like a Russian centaur that's sometimes a dog man also, but I don't, I don't know much about that. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then that that idea, I think, is also very uh, sticky as staying power because horses, the, the power of a horse is very much representative of the power of nature yeah. in a way that helps civilization. It helps mm. you as a human being gain power. So like mastery of a horse, the union of a human and a horse together where you don't have to fight the horse or break the horse to do uh, to get it to do what you want is like a magical thing and is like an uh like not quite divine because both humans and horses are of the earth yeah. but are like <clears throat> next level creature and I, I imagine i've never ridden a horse but i imagine somebody that has like a really really good relationship with the horse they ride around mm-hmm. they like probably can get into a zone where they kind of just sort of more feel like they're the one thing you know, than two separate creatures. I imagine. I mean, I yeah. think that's what. Uh, uh, like I rode a horse twice. Yeah. I think, and I definitely did not feel like that. And I felt <laughs> that the horse could do whatever it wanted to me. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't because when when they get people like me that have never ridden a horse, they give you the horse that is unshakable and yeah. uh, knows the score and knows not to uh, kill people easily. Yeah. So I was fine. Yeah. But I knew that I had no control. And they were like, yeah, just get it to do, like, you know, do this. Squeeze your uh, hips to make it go faster. I'm like, nothing I am doing to this horse is making it do anything it doesn't want to do. And I think someone like Emily yeah, uh, or, or Ted, my boss at the, at the planet, uh, very good horse riders. And I think they would describe it as that. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but like I seem to remember them saying something like that, like the best times are like that yeah so i can picture i can picture that experience in my head you know so i don't know but imagine yeah it must be like that yeah i will put words in their mouth yeah Um, i want to i wanted to jump back really quickly to mm -hmm. that origin story with zeus and everything yeah i would like to like i'm trying to imagine the centaurs be like hey Eldar Centaur, where did we come from? It was like, yeah. well, you see, many <laughs> centuries ago, our ancestor was born as a result of a, what was it, a nymph? A cloud nymph. Yeah, yeah, a cloud nymph, and uh, who, was, who was put up by Zeus to yeah, get back at this. Out, turned yeah. out for a vengeance. And then our ancestor An came and found these horses up in this mountain. and He was too ugly to live with people, <laughs> he was too, Yeah, so he had sex with horses. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that is like the centaurs are known. They're also related to like Dionysus. Yeah. In fact, uh, Chiron also like taught Dionysus stuff. Um, they are like wicked nature partiers who like. There's a lot to be admired about them, but they're also t- almost too savage to to hang out with. Yeah. And 
that gives them sometimes they're more they're scarier than they are mm-hmm. majestic or something i think like in harry potter uh in the movie at least i think i have uh vague recall of them being yeah. like on the periphery on like the they're like in their own little forest outside of yeah. uh, hogtown whatever it's called and <laughs> they are like bestial they're like very bestial yeah and uh, a little frightening and that's because of that they go back yeah. to like literally bestiality yeah of a human totally being having sex with horses and they're like this is this wild nature stuff that happens and then chiron is different he is the ascended centaur okay he represents the union of a man and a horse at its highest form which is like a mastery of the two worlds right in a very Campbellian sense of the mm-hmm. idea. So he's yeah. like, he's the expert athlete, but he also is an astronomer and medicine guy. And he, right. he, he like a warrior about, poet king. Type yeah, of, totally. Yeah. He's, he's the best of both worlds. Yeah. And he's, uh, he also, I don't think he's ever in danger of like conquering anybody, but he teaches all of the princes of the world. Anybody who did anything of note was taught by Chiron. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even his death and ascension are very noble. And it's a very weird story. So get ready for yeah. this one, too. Okay, so, uh, great. Heracles was hanging out with... I have this... I, I, just to make sure I don't get this wrong. I'm going to get the uh, the thing here. Oh, yeah. So Her- Heracles hanging out with his centaur friend, uh, Pholus. Uh, they're hanging out at Pholus's house yeah. near all the other centaurs. And they're drinking, or they're 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 having some dinner or something. And Heracles yeah. is like, "I want some wine." And there are two versions about what happens next. Uh, either Heracles opens a bottle before Pholus can say anything, right? Or Pholus opens it first. But in any case, the wine that they open is the special wine given to Pholus by Dionysus, mm-hmm. uh, only to be drank by centaurs and only. When Dionysus comes back to say so. Right. So it's a singular bottle of wine. Yeah. And either Hercu- or Heracles or Hercules uh, opened it without knowing what it was. And then Pholus was too polite to say anything because right. of uh, Xenia. Yeah. Or Pholus, also because of Xenia, just hears the request and is like, this is my only bottle of wine. My guest needs wine. I have to uh, give him some. Yeah. So he does. Any case, opens a special bottle of wine. The smell of it is so potent that all the other centaurs in the area know that what has happened and they're so enraged right. that they come and they try to kill uh, Heracles. So Heracles yeah. defends himself. Pholus runs off under a, like runs away. Uh, he fights them. He kills a bunch, mostly with uh, arrows dipped in Hydra blood from a previous episode of Hercules. <laughs> and... Uh, so it kills them instantly. Yeah. And then Chiron is there also. He's just kind of in the background checking it out. He's not engaging in the fighting because that's yeah. not his way. But one of the stray arrows grazes his leg. And the blood uh, doesn't kill him because he is uh, the adopted son of Apollo. Right. So he's kind of a, he's an immortal centaur. Yeah, but the, yeah. blood, the poison is in him, which means he's in like the pain of death right. forever. And then uh, either there are kind of like two versions of this where either Zeus takes pity on Chiron and admires him for all the work he's done in Greece 
and allows him to die and ascend to the uh, constellation Centaurus. Right. Okay. Which is also the name of the original uh, horse sexing dude. Centaurus. Yeah. Oh, that's right. His name. Okay. And uh, so the constellation is either Centaurus yeah. or Chiron or Sagittarius. From what I can gather. Okay. I'm not an astrology or astronomer person. Yeah. Uh, but I think all three have been like given to that constellation at one point okay, or another and cool. depending on who you ask. Um, so either that happened or there's some weird trade off where Heracles brokers the, uh, takes immortality away from Chiron and gives it to Prometheus mm. who is then made to live forever in torment because he gave fire to mankind. Right. Yeah. And it's either to save him from death or was given to him at a point before he did that. And then it's like a dramatic irony that he's then made to suffer forever because he can't die. Yeah. Because of this deal that happened to give Chiron uh, mercy. So those are the two versions of the story. There's also a subversion. Uh, well, not a subversion. I mean, just mean like yeah. another like smaller detail difference where Folis uh walks out of hiding touches one of the arrows in the blood and is like i don't understand why these killed the centaurs so easily and touches the blood and dies <laughs> there's also another version yeah. where chiron does that where he like picks up an arrow and like a, just a drop falls on his hand and yeah. then he dies but that's less dramatic than getting hit by a stray arrow yeah and nowhere is there any mention of like remorse from heracles either at least as far as I know. Maybe in more Look, extended versions. Look, he needed wine. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like a weird... Uh, doesn't that just sound like a, a D&D game? It really does. Like, well, I, And that's the thing about a lot of these myths is they take these weird turns and these these things out of nowhere happen, you know? Yeah, it sounds that, like a botched roll. Yeah. So like a couple of botched rolls. Yeah, it really does. There's a lot of things that... This is different, but like... um. Um, I, I'm not going to go into the whole thing right now, but if you look at just like the timeline of events in the Epic of Gilgamesh, yeah. it really plays like there were like it was some, some things were made up on the spot and some decisions were made and some there's a lot of like, well, let's just be friends instead. Or like, <laughs> oh, I got it. So let's let's turn around. You know, yeah. it's great. I love it. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. The, the funny thing about the Epic of Gilgamesh that it might kind of contribute to some of that. Yeah. Is that I think it's kind of it's been rewritten a yeah. bunch of times. Yeah, the one that survives is not like the original version. No, no. So there are like multiple editors who have changed it to suit their own like climates. Mm-hmm. Which this is true of most folklore as well. But at least like with Greek mythology, we have all the different versions. We have most of the different versions, but we yeah. don't with Gilgamesh. Yeah. So it we does just truly got seem like it's like this weird. These weird things are happening. Yeah, uh, there's sort of a parallel between uh, Enki in Gilgamesh. Who's the uh, en- Enkidu? Oh yeah, uh, Gilgamesh's wild buddy. Enkidu? I think I want to say Enkidu, but I'm, yeah, let me see. We'll look here. it up, and I'll kind of talk about it. Uh, where um and i think i was reading a bit about the the russian version this is more kind of prominent there where there's like a king who befriends a wild centaur and it's one of the dionysian like savage centaurs who is then bested yeah. in combat by the king 
and then they become friends. And it's kind of a story about like the king of a civilization becoming friends with wild savagery. Yeah. The two are like together now, which yeah. means that you become a sort of master of both worlds, which makes you an even better ruler. Yeah. Yeah. The ruler people need. In Kidu. In Kidu. Yeah. In Kidu. Yeah. So, uh, Gilgamesh, the super strong, ruggedly handsome, <laughs> two thirds god, one third mortal king of Uruk. Yeah. And he's bored. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's great because he's bored and then he wants a powerful opponent and this dude shows up, outparties him, they decide to be friends, they go on a quest for immortality together and then and then come home because they, they didn't need it. Yeah, well, he did, yeah, I think Enkidu yeah. dies. Yeah, some, they and die along the way. after that, he doesn't... He's like, There's yeah, something involving the scorpion people that live in the cave that the sun goes into when it's nighttime. <laughs> the scorpion men, they're the yeah. first monsters. The yeah. first recorded monsters that we know of are just two, and they don't even feature, they just like kind of block the, they're like threshold guardians, and they're never mentioned again. Oh, yeah, and Gilgamesh had no fear of dying until Enkidu... Okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's unrelated. Like, yeah. Well, it's not, it's yeah. not totally unrelated, yeah. because uh, like I was saying, the centaurs are sort of, they represent wild humanity, or at least yeah. like wild nature that humans share, but we also shun, we get rid of. Yeah, um, yeah. There are, and even like the brotherly things, they're like kind of, uh, they're not like true brothers, but they live a brotherly life Yeah, when they're together. And the the race of centaurs that come from that region, there's also many stories of them fighting the people that live there, even though they're descended from the same king. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of an idea of like brother versus brother, humans versus themselves idea of like... Uh, of a war between a family. Yeah. Or at least relations. Yeah. Um, they're also kind of stand-ins for just the savage other. Yeah. Especially horse, horseback people from the North. Yeah. Like you could definitely have centaurs in your game and just like treat them exactly like historical, like Mongolians basically. Yeah, totally. Right? Like Mongol hordes and just yeah, the centaur yeah. hordes. You could forget the whole pike and lance yeah. thing and just make them incredible just make archers. make them all really good horse archers yeah. that show up with a messenger and be like, hey, join our empire or we'll kill all of you. Yeah. And he goes, I don't believe you. Yeah, it's pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, like rep- like uh, analogy or whatever you want to say there. Yeah. Easily made into that. <laughs> So there's a lot of things you can you can do, um, and there's even and like, I, I love that there's the contrast with Chiron versus all the weird savage Dionysian yeah. uh, guys. Um, I had some weird points of interest here that are people interpreting and, and commenting on the original Greek myths. They are. Uh, there's, where is it? Oh yeah. Uh, Lu, Lucretius in his first century BC philosophical poem on the nature of things denied the existence of centaurs. This was up for debate for a long time. Yeah. Based on their differing rate of growth. He states that at the age of three years, horses are in the prime of their life. While at three humans are still more than little more than babies (laughs) making hybrid animals impossible. (laughs) I love that that that's the that was the thing too. It's like look, they grow at different rates. It can't happen. Think about it. Think of just you're not thinking about it. <laughs> he thought he was so smart. That's awesome. Imagine being so creative that you think about this, but also so close minded that you just can't think that it would it could work for There's some no other way reason. around that. Yeah, yeah totally. There's yeah. no way around this. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's that's a special great. kind of brain. Yeah. And being so sure that they write about it. You write a poem about how smart you are. <laughs> um, I have some modern day uses of them that are kind of continuations of the myth. In Narnia, they're all like Chiron. Right. Yeah. They're all very noble and they worship uh, uh, the Christ lion. Yeah. Uh, kind of unfailingly all the yeah. time. In Harry Potter, like I said, they're the opposite. They are like the bestial Dionysian ones who aren't evil, but like don't go to them for help necessarily. Yeah. Um, there is a series of books called World of Tears, as in like um, levels. Right. Like yeah. Not the ones you cry. Yeah. World of Tears by Philip Jose Farmer. From 1965, they include centaurs called half-horses or hoi kentoroi. Yeah. His creations address several of the metabolic problems of such creatures, like how could the human mouth and nose intake sufficient air to sustain both itself and the horse body? See, the, 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 uh, the age maturity thing, that, that wasn't getting me, but I was really worried about I'm, the oxygen intake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm behind this guy, though. Yeah. Because uh that's more of a real concern. Yeah. If they're not if they're not uh divine creatures that can just be hand waved away with that. Yeah. Um also how could the human ingest sufficient food to sustain both parts? All right. Yeah. There's a ton of, of stuff going on there. Yeah. So you have to, they're constantly eating. Um I don't know how they they address these things. I, I tried looking it up and I couldn't find more information. Uh, but that's that's pretty good. Other yeah. people are thinking about this as much as I bet he would be on this podcast if we asked him. To. Oh yeah, he might be dead. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Um, but Philip, if you're listening, come talk to us about centaurs. Um, there was um. So if I could jump in with a quick one, this, that's what it's about. Yeah, great. Um, there was a science fiction book I read a while ago. I think it was by Alistair Reynolds something, but part of it was there were planets with exceptionally high gravity and the wealthy people living on that planet had bioengineered themselves to be centaurs because it was beneficial to have four legs on this high gravity planet. And, um, they figured like, why not like look really cool and like have references back Go to all the way our ancient human mythology. So we'll make ourselves centaurs with oh, horses. Yeah. And so there was the, it was this high tech sci-fi or like post scarcity utopia world. And everyone looked like centaurs on this one planet. I love that they're yeah. referencing their own myth, like old, old human mythology yeah. to take themselves in a new direction. Yeah. So they're not just, it's not just that they become centaurs. It's because they chose to, because it like, uh, it worked yeah physically but they're also like let's just go full horse with yeah. it yeah it's like okay that's like so form follows function but there's there's yeah. no reason not to not to also make it aesthetically yeah, it feels like you're achieving pleasing. like myth- mythological yeah life yeah that's cool i also have a uh, um the onocentaur or the onocentaur right which is similar to the centaur um definitely less popular because it was part human, part donkey. <laughs> uh, and not only, it didn't stop there. It also didn't have the front horse legs. Oh. It just had back horse legs, yeah. front human arms. <laughs> or back, back donkey legs, front human arms. And it's described insanely. 
uh, and we enough, it was first mentioned by Pythagoras mm. um, as quoted by someone named Claudius Elianus in the in De Natura Animalium, right. which is, I think, another one of those bestiaries from ancient times that I'm not familiar with, but I should learn more about it. In it, he interpreted the Onocentor as, uh, as this. Its body resembles that of an ass. Its color is ashen, but inclines to white beneath the flanks. It has a human chest with teats and a human <laughs> face surrounded by thick hair. It may use its arms to seize and hold things, but also to run. So it runs on its hands. It has a violent temper and does not endure capture. And then uh, the Septuagint, which is an early Greek translation of uh, the Bible, has a translation of the book of Isaiah, mentions Onesitors twice. I never read this Bible, but it says, And Onesitors will settle there, and hedgehogs will make nests in their homes. It comes quickly and does not delay. And the spirits will meet with the Anasentor and howl one to another. And the Anasentors will stop because they have found rest. Oh, I was just looking about Anasentors also. Yeah. Uh, just mostly to see pictures of them because it sounds insane. That's the one, baby. That's arms a great crossed. one. Yeah, arms crossed. Sorry about the just, me hitting my microphone just, noises there. It must be engaging yeah. its core and abs yeah. like a beast. <laughs> the Honor Centaur is a monstrous beast, supposed half a man, half an ass. <laughs> it never shuts its eyes and quite rest, quiet rest, um, till, uh, till he sees, uh, till he, his foes, dare life hath round encompassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I love them because they seem to me like, uh, a weird, more even more feral species of centaur, yeah, or subspecies, because the centaurs are like kind of this noble savage, yeah, idea. But these guys could just be disgusting, mud living, yeah, weirdo grunting psychopaths. And like their their hind legs are hind legs are so much longer than the front the hind ones. So would, go on. They would still scramble like people walking on all fours, which already doesn't look it doesn't look doesn't good. look good. It doesn't right? get you anywhere fast. <laughs> but they would have uh but with like, the power of a horse legs behind you yeah. and like your flailing human arms. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Front, like mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? And it's sinister human brain controlling it all. Yeah. Ah that's that's great. That's great. And also the ichthyocentaur, which is fish-bottomed, horse-middled, oh nice, and with a human upper body, and there are only uh, myths usually only talk about the two of them, yeah, who were half brothers to Chiron. They were wise teachers in their own right. Uh, I don't know much else about them, yeah, um, and I don't think this idea caught on as much because I don't know why. I don't know why centaurs, like, there are a ton of hybrid animal beasts. Lots of half-human, half-whatever, yeah. or lots of half-this, half-that. Yeah. But only a handful of them have really, like, stood the test of time. And not the ichthyosaur, or ich- <laughs> ichthyocentaur. Ichthyocentaur, yeah. Um, and I wonder why. And I think it might be because... Um, like the coastal Greeks might have dealt with fish a bunch and maybe it was like 
the way that a, a half human half horse gives you advantage and kind of is a union of like the best of nature and the best of civilization mm-hmm. but the best of the ocean world the ocean is is so vast and unknowable yeah. and like mostly doesn't want you there yeah and i think at the time they were only sailing the coast like they weren't going any much further than that um, yeah. or at least the Mediterranean Sea. They weren't going out into the Atlantic or anything. They didn't know or didn't care to go out into that great, huge, vast ocean. So it was somewhere still you didn't really want to mess with. Yeah. So maybe having a fish creature was like nice, but no one really aspired. They didn't fire the imagination in the same way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, I mean, like, there are, like, sirens, you know? There are, like, mermaid-y kind of things also. Yeah, but they're not yeah. a whole race of yeah. creatures that... Like, there's no siren teacher who teaches you medicine and archery at the same time. Like, yeah. The, like, the human horse seems to be, like, the ideal form to aspire to. Yeah. But th- not any other, like, hybrid creature. I think you're right. I think you're right about that. Yeah. I think I might I think yeah. I'm partly right. There's probably yeah. a lot more to it. Yeah, but that's I think that that makes sense. I mean, the if I were trying to come up with like the best human creature hybrid mm-hmm. and it, like I think it makes sense to include and you can you can have 3. You can have I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't go human. You can have 3. You can have 3. Yeah, I wouldn't go human horse fish. Right. I would go human horse eagle. There you go. Cuz right. you already got like it's like a Pegasus centaur. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. might why isn't there a thing? One? I don't know. There might be. Is there one? Yeah. I don't know. Let's see. I mean, there's gonna there's gonna I be like a million. One. Like there's going to be artistic depictions of this. Yeah. But um, Pegasus Centaur. I can't think of one. Yeah, but I can't think of seeing one specifically anywhere. But you think that'd be an easy one to come up with? Yeah. Yeah. Or like dominance of land, sea, and air, or like a even like a in, a snake bird human yeah pegasus centaur well it looks like it's a it's a pretty popular thing to put on your deviant art <laughs> website I, I was predicting that but yeah uh but it doesn't transfer like it doesn't show up in mythology as far as i know yeah and it seems like a logical thing to come up with but maybe the idea was so maybe it's too complicated yeah, maybe that's why the fish, the ichthyocentaur, didn't didn't catch on too much either. Yeah, you know, too too. That's too many. Yeah, too many. <laughs> Let's get serious parts. here, you guys. Yeah. Um, I like just kind of playing around the with the idea of uh, like what would a reverse centaur look like? Mm-hmm. And if you go, if you do exactly the parts of the body and just flip the animals around it's it's pretty bonkers it's awful it's it's just an entire human body but coming up from their shoulders from the shoulders is another horse torso is like the is the front half yeah of like a like a horse torso from the hips up yeah yeah that's a good one yeah it would so it's like the body actually forms like an l almost yeah because the the body of a centaur is an l but you'd Mm -hmm. have it like tilted you'd have like a whole society of creatures that like what do they have to do they have to like to look at each other even they have to look at each other backwards oh yeah or they have to crawl on a wall and look down and up <laughs> at each other or something i mean i guess you could have the horse part just going straight up from their their bodies but then that's not like a yeah. one-to-one reverse no centaur. yeah then you're not yeah. yeah you're not following it to its logic i guess yeah. it would make sense because 
if, well, I don't know. Because you could even do the centaur. You don't even have to switch the parts, but just have the torso unable to flip up. Yeah. Where it just sticks out. <laughs> and then he has to use his hands to like support himself on the ground. Yeah. And then he's this other weird onocentaur. Yeah. Or the oh no centaur. Mm. <laughs> oh no yeah. exclamation mark centaur. That's you can centaur. tell them different. Is because that's the centaur you don't want to bump into. Is yeah. the oh no centaur. <laughs> they must, they probably, each tribe has like a few of those in a cage that they, or like on a rope <laughs> that they carry around. Yeah. Yeah. These weird deformed centaurs. That's that's the the they keep those ones in their attic and they don't talk about those ones yeah. in polite society. They feed them fish heads. Yeah. I was also thinking along the same lines. Uh, centaurs could be instead of having a human torso, just picture a normal horse, mm-hmm. and then out of the shoulder blades and yeah. like neck area, just like two human burly arms. Yeah, that's great. I like well, I like ever since the Aarakocra redesign Mm -hmm. i i really love the idea of just like putting burly human arms on something that doesn't have them that's (laughs) where they don't belong it's that's always kind of like charming and weird to me it is because then they can wield weapons so it's useful and very unnerving so just horses that with arms coming out of their neck that's great yeah and like they still talk and have society and they can like you know, yeah, they do everything that the centaurs would do, but they just look like horses with burly human arms coming out of their... Yeah. Yeah. Or you could have them coexist or have yeah. them be fighting each other. Mm. All these different weird variations on the centaur could be yeah. at odds. You could have smaller ones that are like, like, you know, those, those prehistoric horses that were the size of cats, right? You know, <laughs> with like a, with, I don't know, maybe like a spider monkey yeah. instead of a human and just these weird, like little miniature feral <laughs> centaurs, you know, Swing that share a common ancestor with the other ones. Yeah. There are two, uh, other things in the world that share the name centaur. One is an icy planetoid that orbits the sun between Jupiter and Neptune. Yeah. Um, is that Chiron or is that just Centaur between, Centauri or something? Between Jupiter and Neptune? Yeah, icy planetoid. I see. It orbits the sun, but it's between Jupiter and Neptune. So I got confused because I was trying to look up the constellation because I've seen it ref- referred to as Centaurus, Chiron, and Sagittarius. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing. And I think... Centaur, yeah. Centaur, yeah. So this planetoid is called Centaur. uh, Because there's also something called Chiron, which I think is a moon Um, as well. Yeah, Chiron. Well, I think that's a moon of uh, Mars or or Pluto. Yeah? Pluto, yeah. Looking it up again. Yeah. I got another one. Yeah, it's it's the it's the innermost it's largest and innermost moon of Pluto, but it's it's an eighth the mass of mass of Pluto. So right, it's so almost it's barely as big as Pluto. Thing. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so the, the, the constellation and Sagittarius is um old Latin for having to do with uh archery. Okay. So that's really all I know about that. And uh Archery and horseback archery is all connected. So that's kind of how that got going. Mm -hmm. And then in chess, a centaur is a chess playing team comprising a human player and a computer who work together. Oh. I don't know how that plays out. But that's a weird cyber centaur. Like, would you... You would... 
Oh yeah, because you like maybe I guess you would give a bunch of options to the computer and the computer would calculate what your next move is, but you get like the final shot. Yeah, is it like computer assisted? Yeah, chess playing that doesn't like make the move for you or like it just advises you. But then where do you draw the line? Mm. But maybe maybe it's between like tactics and strategy, right? Like like you have the general strategy in mind of like how you're going to win this chess game, but yeah. like the optimal next move so right now like, in the right. short term is that what the computer is so really like good at? So it's like a limited AI that can't actually see the whole yeah thing. Like it's not like one of those chess playing computers that can has like the pre-programmed yeah. outcomes in place to the best yeah. effect, but it's like shorter term playing i don't know i have no idea how i don't know yeah but it's kind of a weird term and it also is a a resonating term because it's the same kind of dichotomy of like uh mind versus body civilization versus nature yeah computers versus humans but come together in one neat neat yeah neat stuff neat stuff oh um so do we have, is it time for housekeeping things or, totally. or, this or do we have more? Time. Okay, That's great. The last thing I have. Great. Cool. Um, I think I mentioned either last episode or many, uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, that I would say where the theme song is on the internet where you can get it. Uh-huh. And I didn't, I didn't do did. that in the subsequent. <laughs> so what you can do is you can go to, um, uh, uh, olias.bandcamp.com. Um, O L I A S, but spell the it's zero L I A S because the O was taken. I wasn't trying to revive early two thousands leet speak. It was just taken. But that's where you will be able to find the Monster Manual Mash theme song along with my other music. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I, I got one more bit of information before oh, great. that I forgot to to talk about. Chiron, his front legs are human. Oh, only his back legs are a horse. Wait, so the front legs are like human Humans. feet. Human feet and legs. Oh, he that's great. He wears a robe and it's <laughs> over his human body and then yeah. just a, a horse ass sticking out of, a horse body sticking out of the back. So he just has more, most of a horse's body coming out of his butt, basically. Yeah. yeah. For a butt. Yeah. That's weird. That's my house cleaning. That's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what do we got? We got uh, Monster Manual Mash. That's us. We just did the podcast you listened to. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not doing Instagram yet. I kept trying to make it work. I can't do it yet. It's too finicky. I'm not doing it. Look up your own pictures. <laughs> not going to Google it for you, but yeah. I'm going to f- I'm going to get on that in the future. Um, for we now, we could put them in the in the show notes. We could put links to the pictures in the show notes. Yeah, show notes. Yeah, I don't. Uh, when I use podcasting yeah. stuff, I only use apps. So yeah, I never see the show notes. Oh, I think it's just like, the text show notes. They yeah, don't show yeah, me in the, yeah. they don't show me You could put else. a link there. We could. Yeah. But could. I don't think anyone does it. Will you do it? I'll do it. You got to send me the pictures. Well, we look at the pictures when we <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I don't yeah, I'm not the one to I just meant You know what? Like, yeah, don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> when we're when we're bigger and more important and people care about us more, we'll do it more. You'll see these comes, pictures the way I see them is yeah, by Googling them quickly exactly. while Chris is telling me about them. If That's I can do it. That's a true way to do it. You can just Google it. You could do It's, it's 2018. You tell me you don't know how to Google things? That's more in audience. the spirit of the show. And uh, <laughs> so do that and... That's it. Tell your tell your friends. I think put a review on iTunes, I guess. Helps. Yeah. I've never looked up a podcast on iTunes. I don't know how this works. No. Every podcast asks you to write a review and and 
and put a five star rating on iTunes. But who goes on iTunes and just like I just want the best five star thing on iTunes? Yeah, it's all word of mouth and like and 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 guests going on people's podcasts. I don't think iTunes has anything to do with it. I don't iTunes, think so if you're either. Listening, yeah, uh, come up with a better system. Yeah, because I've never for the podcasts i know and love i've never used itunes i know everything's hosted there and yeah. we can't have podcasts without you i know that's I never where the pod and podcast comes from is apple right but is it yeah because it was it was it was originally like you could only get them on ipods right? ipods yes yeah. okay that makes sense yeah uh yeah so i know you're important to the process but i have never looked at you for one second more than i needed to yeah yeah so quick gatekeeping quick gatekeeping <laughs> Tell your friends, don't yeah. don't go on iTunes. Well, I don't know. Do whatever you want, but tell if you want to help us, just tell people about this show. Yeah, that's how I find out about podcasts. That's how I found out about this show. Yeah, Wes and I talked to each other. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we we did. It. Yeah. So talk to your friends. Uh, however, um, like if you do leave a review of it somewhere, and it's entertaining, like I'll read it. Yeah. Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah. Doesn't matter. And we have uh, an email. MonsterManualMash at gmail.com. Write your questions. They don't even have to be related to what we're doing. They haven't been sometimes. Yeah. They can just be comments. They can just be... Um, Complaints. Yeah. And that's all. Next week, Chimera oh, or yeah. Chimera. I've heard it. I know how to, how to pronounce it from Mission Impossible 3, I think. Yeah, that's I think so. That's kind of a weird thing to say, I guess. Yeah. But I just—that's <laughs> uh, how I do it. So, so shut up, <laughs> Chimera. Yeah, we're getting way weirder with the animal combos. Yeah, four, four or five in this one. Yeah. Oh hey, uh, do we? What was last episode? Cambion. Yep. No, last episode was Crypt Carrion Crawler. Carrion Crawler. Did we talk about Emily? Emailed me about the Cambion. Okay. Uh, she wanted to point out her favorite Cambion in media is Balthazar from uh, Keanu Reeves's Constantine. Oh, Balthazar yeah. like curses some priest who th- uh, who who thinks he's he's unable to drink liquor and the yeah. like the the liquor just disappears and he pours it in his mouth and he can't do it yeah and then he keeps he goes crazy trying to get himself some something to drink and he won't and then he falls over and then i think it turns out that the whole time he was pouring it down his right. mouth he just didn't feel it so he drank himself to death and balthazar then that. drinks a bottle of water and like smirks or something because he had perfect charm ability yeah suicidal <laughs> inducing charm ability so constantine it's a good movie no matter what they say and that is all my housekeeping. Great. And with um, that, that's it. That's it. See Go ya. Home. Goodbye. Bye.